Hey man, is this the right way to the Midnight Society? Dude, I thought we were going to Camp Blackfoot. Well, what smells like bad whiskey and good cheese? It's that drunk piece of shit Cropsy. He's been trying to steal my manties all summer. He borrowed my toothbrush once. Oh shit! Here comes the spooky! On this episode of Here Comes the Spooky, we take you to Camp Blackfoot. We introduce you to our Hello Nasty list, and we talk about what is one of the best underrated gems in horror history. So grab a beer, strap your buddy to a chair, and get ready for your second favorite podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Here Comes the Spooky Podcast, where we jibber-jabber at you all night about shit you don't really care about, but hey, you're trying to screw around at work and just get through the day. Uh, with me is Nachos McMerewolf, and I am your other host, Cincinnati Jeff. Nachos, give us a hey. Hey! Ho! All right, so Here Comes the Spooky, uh, this is our first episode, so the pilot here, uh, our inaugural episode, if you will. Uh, we're going to run down a couple of things about what we like to do. Uh, First things first, uh, we want to give you a rundown of the Video Nasties. Uh, we are going to focus a lot of these episodes on Video Nasties, which is a list that came out of the UK back in the 80s. Um, it is a term that the UK referred to for a number of distributed films, mainly uh, like home movie VHS, straight to home. Uh, it was criticized for like violent content by the press, politicians, various religious organizations. And it was popularized by the NVALA, which is the National Viewers and Listeners Association in the UK. Um, following a moral campaign led by Mary Whitehouse and the NVALA, local jurisdictions began to prosecute certain video releases for obscenity. Uh, to assist authorities in identifying these obscene films, the Director of Public Prosecutions, the DPP, PP, uh, released a 72-film list that the office believed would violate the Obscene Publications Act of 1959. Uh, there's another list of like another 82 titles on there that they felt might not achieve uh, successful prosecution, but could nonetheless be fortified under the lesser Section 3 obscenity charge. So, uh, done with being stupid. We're going to call it the Video Nasty List. No. We're going to call it the Hello Nasty Hello list. Nasty! It sounds much cooler. It's Beastie Boys, man. Yeah. You just... That was... You did a hell of a job there, buddy. It's my book report. I was going to say, buddy, let's go fucking, let's go to Pizza Hut and get your little personal pan pizza on that <laughs> shit right there. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, let's, a little bit about us. Uh, we're big horror movie fans. Uh, Nachos and I really love horror movies. We sit down and get drunk and talk about them all the time. So, we figure, hey, why not share that information with you? We know you care, right? This is your second favorite podcast. That's right. Out there in podcast land. We are dropping some truth nuggets on you tonight right so uh our first one is a uh video nasty movie uh right off the hello nasty list so hello nasty number one and again these go in no numerical order we just decided to choose this one because it's a good movie and it's the burning it is a fucking treasure and you are welcome oh god it is so good a truly underrated hidden gem if you will of the slasher genre um, the movie itself uh, came out in 1981. Uh, it was directed by Tony Malam. Uh, this was his only horror movie. Uh, he went on to direct uh, Split Second, which is like a sci-fi thriller starring Rucker Hauer. Oh, I fucking love Rucker Hauer. Yeah, he's good. And he's then a- he did like some music video stuff and like you know, Tony Awards and things like that. Uh, for our cast and crew, this movie is like chocked full of unknown <laughs> but are now famous people. It's kind of crazy how many people are in this movie. Uh, to start off, we've got Brian Matthews. He plays Todd. The Burning is his only movie credit, and then he went on to act in like TV shows and made-for-TV movies. Um, we've got Lee Ares. Ares? Uh, she plays Michelle. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. Uh, she was in a lot of TV shows. Uh, but she was also in Bloodsport. I was going to say, dude, I have that in my notes. And she was in one episode of Freddy's Nightmare. Oh, shit. Yeah. When are they going to drop that on fucking Blu-ray, man? That's. I would just love an official DVD release, for God's sakes. Right. Who knows? I know the West Craven family has... I heard. I just heard they got all their fucking rights acquired or yeah. whatever. And yeah, for Nightmare. So, well, back to them. And they're like, I... hey, New Line, we're ready to sell to you. Like, get with it. Bobby E is still on board. 
Yeah. Do it now. I'm Dude, I mean, Rest Craven, West of Peace. Strike but, that shit. I mean, Jesus. Uh, we also got Brian Becker. He plays Alfred. Uh, he was in Fast Fuck Times at Ridgemont High. that creepy piece of shit. <laughs> uh, he was in Moving Violations. A lot of, like, 80s comedies. Police Academy 4. That's right. Citizens on Patrol. And his other horror movie credit was Vamps, which came out in, like, the early aughts. That's on my to-do list. Uh, we also have Jason Alexander. He plays Who? Dave. Uh, he was in Seinfeld. He was on Friends, right? Uh, he played George on uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Duckman. I gotcha. Oh, sorry. Yep. Seinfeld. I get all those white people uh, That's TV like shows mixed PG up. That's like PG-13 Curb Your Enthusiasm. So you got George Costanza. He's a third, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm, a bunch of other crap. Uh, Ned Eisenberg plays Eddie. Uh, he was in Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis, which is a solid action. And uh, he was on Law & Order for like a bunch of episodes. Uh, he was like a lawyer. Uh, then we get uh, Fisher Stevens. He plays Woodstock. <laughs> this is the guy who was in Short Circuit and Short Circuits 2 who came up under fire for playing you call in... Call that brown face? Or yeah. Uh, like, I don't, like I don't an... sound like a prick or anything. Like, what's the PC term here? Yeah, he played like a Indian scientist, even though he is like, I think in a... It's like a Jewish dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's also the bad guy in Hackers, uh, and he was in <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, the movie. I've never seen it. Who does he play in Super Mario Brothers? I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that movie, and I don't really want to watch it. I got a thing about big body, tiny head people. They freak me out. If we ever do a Patreon, guys, you can pay us to, to watch. Yeah, they smell like uncooked bacon. Um, Holly Hunter, she plays Sophie. She's in it, like, she's a glorified extra, but uh, she was in The Firm, Copycat, uh, the David Cronenberg movie Crash. Raising oh, Arizona. Raising Arizona. Oh, Brother, Art Thou? She's uh, the voice of Elastigirl in The Incredibles movies. She was in Batman vs. Superman. Uh, and then a movie that was on HBO, it's actually really fun. The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom. This is a... One more time. <laughs> this is a true story. From, from the top. Based on uh, this mom who hired a hitman to kill uh, this cheerleader in high school and her mom so that her daughter could move up the ranks in the local cheerleading squad in Texas. Well, it's Texas. Yeah, that... Anyway. <clears throat> uh, Larry Joshua plays Glazer. Uh, he was in Friday the 13th, the TV series, uh, Dances with Wolves, Unforgiven, and he was also in The Shadow, which I'm a huge fan of. It's like an Alec Baldwin movie that no one ever talks about. Uh, Lou David uh, plays Cropsy, our killer. Uh, he was he did some voiceover work, and he was in the movie The Last Dragon. No, who the fuck was he in that? I forget. Was he, was he Cropsy? Was he, was he, he was Cropsy in The Last Dragon. <laughs> or was he Pig Face Man? Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Tom Savini, he is our makeup and special effects guru. Uh, you're going to hear about him a lot on this show. Um, he also was Cropsy for some of the kills where, like, you see his hands. And um, he is he's his legs in a couple of scenes as well. So, you know, he's yep. technically on there. Um, Tom is great. Uh, and it's really funny because at this point, uh, he had done FX for Dawn of the Dead, Maniac, the original Friday the 13th. And he actually turned down Friday the 13th Part 2 to do this movie as he didn't like the idea of Jason being the killer. His words, not mine. And he actually just liked the script better uh, did, for this movie. Did you watch the special features, like his little thing? It, it's great. He's like, because Jason was a gag I wrote in the first movie, you know, I, I did in the first movie. And if you think Jason's the killer, you're an idiot. And then he catches himself. He's like, I mean, is what I would say. Yeah. If, if uh, shit. <laughs> but he, then he comes back and does part four. Yeah. It's like, Tom, I love you, dude. But like. You know where a paycheck is. Exactly. Right. You can have your opinion, but uh, then you're casting them checks, right? Uh, this movie was released in 1981, which is a solid... A pinnacle year. ...fucking year for horror movies. Uh, you get... So this movie, it kind of fell by the wayside. It wasn't really well-liked back then because you had so many other good movies come out. Evil Dead, Halloween 2, The Howling, My Bloody Valentine, Happy Birthday to Me, Bloody Birthday, Final Exam, Night School, Graduation Day, Friday the 13th, Part 2, Ghost Story, Just Before Dawn, House by the Cemetery, The Prowler, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Nightmare, Madhouse, and Don't Go Into the Woods Alone. Yay. <laughs> Damn, that's a... That's a busy year. That's Those are fucking... Uh, what what do the kids say? Real bangers, yeah. right? Bangers and mash. And not not all those are fantastic, but there's some heavy hitters in there. Evil Dead, Halloween, dude, 2. Halloween two. Fuck that. That's the fucking horror movie I cut my teeth on. Right, Friday Thirteenth Part Two, which is basically this movie with a different killer. Ah, yeah. 
That'd be a fun double feature. A lot of similarities here. We'll get to that. Uh, so uh, we always like to go over how to watch the movies, um, you know, just for people out there who are interested in seeing it. Um, this movie is on streaming services quite a lot. Uh, it comes and goes, though. So at this time of the recording, it's not on any streaming services, but keep a lookout for it. It's constantly on Amazon Prime and Hulu, a whole bunch. Sometimes it's on Netflix. Uh, you can get it on VHS. There's a 2007 DVD. Um, it's got some pretty decent special features. It says that it's rated R, but it's actually uncut. Right. I think uh, if it's the black and white one, like that case, that DVD, I think, goes for a pretty penny. It does. Well, it, w- it would until this next one came out, which is the Blu-ray. Right. The uh, What, Scream Factory did one, and I think, uh, was it Arrow? I'm not sure if Arrow did one. I didn't find it. If it wasn't Arrow, it then it was Umbrella. But anyway, those are by far the superior editions. I recommend the Stream Factory DVD Blu-ray combo. That's what I watched it on. You can mm. get it for reasonable. It's uh, like 20 bucks. I usually see it for like 17 18 I think that's what I paid for it. Oh, that's uh, not bad. It's got tons of special features, uh, alternate artwork. Again, it's got a Blu-ray and a DVD in there. Uh, it is a very, very fun movie. So about the movie, our film opens up at night uh, at a place called Camp Blackfoot. Several campers are planning to scare Cropsy, the caretaker of that camp, uh, for being a real prick. They sneak over to his cabin and place muddy human skull with candles in the eyes and maggots and worms crawling out of their mouths for him to see. Our crew here then bangs on the window to wake Cropsy up. Apparently, being a dick is a crime at Camp Blackfoot, but uh, grave robbing, that's chill. Did you catch how... um... So, like, we're going through the, I call them the Goonies. I have a lot of shit, like the Apple Dunkling Gang, the the Loser Club, um, shit like that. Uh, one of the dudes looked like Corey Feldman from Stand By Me. It was not. <laughs> no, yeah, it's the one guy who, like, looks like he's kind of reserved about fucking with Cropsy. Right. So, Cropsy wakes the fuck up, uh, he freaks the fuck out, and he knocks the skull onto the bed, which immediately catches fire. So, apparently, Cropsy likes to wash his laundry in kerosene, which is... Uh, more abundant at Camp Blackfoot than Tide is. Do you like how they can't trust Cropsy with a lock on his door? <laughs> Just like, ha you don't get one. In all the commotion of being a little bit on fire, Cropsy knocks over a can of gasoline that he keeps next to his bed, which literally adds fuel to the fire and engulfs him in flames. I have a... <clears throat> Cropsy kicks the door open and starts breaking down the funky fresh move I like to call the Camp Blackfoot Boogie. And I wrote a little song. <clears throat> Throw your hands up like you're on fire. Spin around like you can't breathe. Do a barrel roll because you're out of control. And do the Cropsy Boogie with me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and we're back. Can I get that as a ringtone? You bet your ass, homie. So his entire cabin's on fire. And, you know, like Nacho said, he runs out of the cabin. He's fucking just covered in fire. And he falls straight into the lake. He's doing his best human torch impersonation. (laughs) That puts his crispy ass out. And our crew here now, the Goonies, uh, they... Just leave Cropsy down there uh, and presumably head back to their bunks to pretend that they did not just commit aggravated assault. They do what every kid does when you realize you fuck up or commit, a, you know, uh, a homicide. Super runaway. Yeah, camp memories made for sure. Right. One week later. Cut to the hospital as an orderly is giving a new doctor the tour of the hospital. Oh my god. And this guy's just cracking me up. The orderly brags that uh, he wants to show the doctor a dude so gross that he'll never want to come back and work here again. Uh, We get uh, several off-the-cuff remarks about how burnt this guy looks. He even calls him a Big Mac. Oh, hold up, hold up. Uh, How awesome would this role be if that was Richard Pryor? And I have a, so, you know the line, this is some fun trivia. I know we do trivia later on, but I'm going to drop it on you now. So, you know the line, man, this guy's burnt so bad, he's cooked. A fucking Big Mac, overdone. That line is mentioned because there was a promotional time with McDonald's, and, like, they had collectible glass mugs, the whole nine yards, that were going to be, like, Happy Meals and shit. But about a month before the movie went to theaters, McDonald's, uh, they pulled the funding because Ronald found out that um, this company was run by rapists, you know, because it's Miramax. But they kept the line in anyway. Would you want to know what the original line was? Go for it. Man, that guy's so burnt. Or Man, that guy's burnt so bad. He's flame broiled. A fucking whopper. Overdone. But like Burger King, they weren't. They weren't having any of it. I don't believe anything you just said to me. That's it's that's it's bullshit. <laughs> it's total bullshit. So as they go to visit this crispy-ass dude, it turns out the burned victim is Cropsy. 
we get a good little screen scare here where uh, the orderly like pulls back the curtain and the doctor's kind of afraid to come in and he grabs his, the orderly's arm and he just like freaks the fuck out and holds like the longest fucking orgasm face. That 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 doctor is a jive ass honky. Roll credits. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> Bye. Uh, no, it's now five years later, and the hospital is releasing Cropsy. Did you see the guy's name in the credits? His name was Corky Burger. The doctor or the orderly? No, just like when the so like after the whole you know old boys grabbing shit, and then like then they start up the burning, and then all the credits and stuff. There's a dude in there named Corky Burger. Oh, no, I did not. It, who does he play? I think he's like a producer or something. Oh, okay. Uh, so they're releasing Cropsy from the hospital, and they're like reassuring him that everybody and everything is going to be okay. No one's going to be like freaking out at the way he looks. And, uh, you know, they're like, it'll be fine. Just forgive these kids and just move For- on with your forgive life. Forgive and forget. Yeah, no big deal. It's just assault. Uh, Cropsy gets out of the hospital and immediately gets himself a hooker. I was going to say, like, while they're wheeling him out in my head, I heard the whole Yoda, like, fear leads to hate, hate leads to anger. And I wanted to hear that in the... Why the fuck were they wheeling him to the door? It's like, were they going to charge him? I have a whole thing on this. If you can see me staring at you right now, it's fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. I just got nerd checked. Yeah. I got nerd checked hard. Get it right or get the fuck out. All right. So... All right, Corpse, <laughs> Crispy, Cropsy was a groundkeeper, seasonal job at a camp. And that dude, like, legit got, what, like, third-degree burns all over his body. And he's in a hospital for five years. Like, who's paying for that shit? Uh, camp Blackfoot has a killer insurance program. I was going to say, if he didn't sue the fuck... <sighs> anyway, anyway. So, anyway, he gets himself a hooker, because that's what you do after eating five years worth of hospital food. You get yourself a whore. I'm pretty sure that hooker's name was Alan. Because, <laughs> damn. So, uh, his hooker uh, takes Crossy up to the room here and uh, finally sees him in the light and uh, tells his ass he's got to go, since he's fucky looking. Like, just get the fuck out of here. And Crouchy doesn't appreciate that. It's the first friendly face he's seen in five years. And so he stabs her in the gut with some big-ass scissors. She dies loudly. There's, like, a thunder crash in the night. And then, like, the scene ends. It's uh, pretty dramatic. I, uh, for our podcast listeners out here, I just want you to know, if you are a sex worker, play it safe. Always know where your pimp is. I mean, let your pimp know where you are, who you're with, because... You can't get paid if you're dead. This message is brought to you by the Here Comes the Spooky Podcast. <laughs> Death number one. Yes. Uh, I have Cropsy Scissors with a Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, now we're at Camp Stonewater. Um, you don't know this, but it is, in fact, called Camp Stonewater. Um, A.K.A. Camp Crystal, A.K.A. Camp Arawak. And it's all these kids. Uh, they're playing baseball together as uh, Eddie and Dave check out the ladies on the team. Uh, a ball gets hit into the woods, and this girl, Tiger, tells Tiger. to look for it. Cropsy is stalking her uh, with his large garden shears that he just carries with him for any reason and goes in for the kill. But Tiger finds her ball and ruins Cropsy's already shitty day. Uh, during this time, we are introduced to Karen and Michelle, who are having girl talk in the dining hall about boys. This is classic doomed teenager stuff. Uh, never talking about making peace with their lord and savior, only about getting some afternoon delight. <laughs> as uh, camp life continues as normal for these people, who aren't horribly disfigured, Sally gets up and goes to take a shower. What does she do? Uh, well, her 19 minutes in, and uh, insert booby shot. No, when she leaves the cabin, what does she do? She walks to the showers. She leaves the door open. That bitch. I hate that shit. <laughs> and we again, have boobs. All caps. This, I mean, this cabin, it's not like it has air conditioning, right? This is the 80s. Yeah, no so shit. Leave it open if you want. Um, So Sally hears a noise. She's uh, washing her hair for like, an obscenely long amount of time with... Fluctuating bubbles. Yeah, it's just like different amounts of shampoo from each angle. It's weird. Uh, Sally hears a noise and gets scared as Alfred uh, was peeking at her in the shower. The resident creeper. He runs away, but is caught by Eddie and Todd, as everyone is bitching about Alfred being a pervert. 
He is. We can smell our own. Alfred defends his peeping because everyone is mean to him, and that makes it okay. Oh, that that justifies it. Okay. This is the scene where we meet Sally's boyfriend, Glazer. Oh, the fucking OG fuckboy. He threatens Alfred uh, with a hearty beatdown for being a sexual predator. Is this the whole part where, like, Todd... Todd talk. Todd talks to 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 Alfred, and like then Glazer shows up and starts slapping his nipples, and then fucking Todd comes down and starts slapping. Everybody's just slapping everybody's nipples for about like thirty seconds. Yeah, it's the eighties, man. Everybody's just putting hands on each other, just gripping up up like dicks. <laughs> yeah. To quote Parker Posey, "My lawyer liked that." <laughs> The day continues, uh, and Alfred works to make friends with folks while he's swimming. Uh, Alfred can't swim here, uh, so Glazer decides to push him in the lake, uh, hoping he drowns since he can't swim, and he makes a joke about it. Yeah, Alfred's lucky he had the fucking um, Losers Club there, because otherwise he would have Voorheesed. And I love when Glazer laughs, because you can see every tooth in his goddamn head. Yeah. Um, uh, everyone plans to get Glazer back. Uh, for doing such a shitty thing, you know. It's like, hey, man, you pushed a guy in a lake where everyone's swimming, but this guy... Is... To be fair, that guy was a fucking creepy guy. What he had coming? Yeah, kind of a sexual predator, so I kind of feel, by this point, I'm on Glazer's side. Uh, but uh... That wasn't a very American gladiator thing to do, Glazer. <laughs> uh, our Woodstock here offers to shoot Glazer in the ass with his BB gun as revenge. Woodstock is played by... What's this fuck? The bad guy from Hackers. Thank you. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, so he does so. Uh, he gets his buddy down on all fours and uses him as like a sniper post. And he's like, I got him in my sights. Because they had four steps. It's ready, set, aim, aim, fire, and run. Yep. And uh, so Glazer's sitting on the girls uh, while this is all getting about to take place and uh, gets shot right in the ass. Everybody laughs, uh, and Glazer doesn't really appreciate it. Well, when Glazer gets up on that uh, raft, do we call it a raft? He yeah, hikes like a floating his floating dock. He hikes his like already tiny shorts like all the way up his asshole. I'm pretty sure you can see his nard bag flop out on the other side, and he's just being creepy. Okay, fun fact: that CO2 gun. My brother had one just like it when we were kids. Uh, the day, uh, you know. Goes on, everyone's back at their cabins. Oh, uh, you missed the best part. Did I? Yeah, Glazer's like, which one of you fucks did that? You're a dead boy! And then they all moon him. And I'm pretty sure I saw the bad dude from um, Slacker's Nutsack. Hackers. Hackers, sorry. And then I have Sack the World, Slackers. Ugh. <laughs> sack the planet! This is clearly my first episode. Everyone is back at the cabins as the boys are enjoying some nudie magazines and joking about being jerk-off champions. Constanza is dropping nude mags uh, <clears throat> to the crew like he's porno cloths, and Glacier's just there virgin shaming him. Yeah, uh, Costanza's like your resident, I'll get you anything you need, guy. He's like grabbing condoms, and he's selling cigarettes. It's, it's like, like a merchant. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, meanwhile, Cropsy is outside playing creepaboo, kind of stalking around, uh, giving Alfred a taste of Amazon medicine, letting him know, here's how you really creep on people. Um, Alfred sees Cropsy, but nobody believes him and kind of just shrug it off. I wouldn't fucking believe that creeper. And Al like Glazer's mad at Alfred for anything. Yeah. Cause he farted. Being cause, alive. cause, cause he looked at something. Uh, and now, uh, this is what I like to call as we introduce Cropsy's point of view shot. It's uh, I have it as Lubovision, where they vaseline up the corners of the screen. I'm right. doing hand gestures; none of you can see. It's like he's looking through like dirty, like like swim goggles. Yeah, that damn, that's pretty on on point. <laughs> um, uh, so nobody believes him, and Glazer's mad about it. So after that, everybody heads off to dinner, and uh, they talk about this three day canoe trip to Devil's Creek that they're going to take the very next day. Are you talking to the part where they get to the mess hall and then Ricky walks in, Ricky and Paul, and then like Ricky has the sweetest cowboy hat, and then like the two bullies are talking to Angela about what? R wrong movie, wrong movie. Sorry. Yeah, that's. I was just gonna say I don't think that's this movie. I think you're thinking of a different camp. It's movie. a it's a different camp. I will say though, uh, of all Meatballs. the scenes, uh, 
this is uh this is by far like the best setup for a camp movie like they really went all out this mess hall is huge there's a ton of kids in this thing it's not just like the 10 or 13 that you see from the cast like there are hundreds of kids here you can see workers like doing the chow line um there's like a like a supervisor counselor who's like telling everybody what they're gonna do the next day like it's pretty legit as far as camping goes and i thought it was shot really well james earl jones's dad is there and he's the nope wrong movie you gonna get your movie straight here, or I'm gonna have to smack you. I'm gonna have to <laughs> slap some knowledge in my ass. Uh, so uh, it's the next day now, and our group is making their way down the river uh, while we are treated to some fun banjo music. And a lot of kids are playing and splashing. It's too fun, so you know that there's some doom approaching. This whole scene is American as apple pie. All these teenagers and canoes have been down the river having a blast. The only thing missing is four thirty packs of Keystone. And a beer bong. I like how everybody's got, like, different, like, canoes and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's like a fleet of fucking kids going An down An armada. Here. Yeah. <laughs> and probably one of my favorite lines in the movie, I told you not to beat your schlong last night. It drains your powers. <laughs> what the fuck, Costanza? Guy's got jokes for days, man. And somewhere in one of these uh, vessels, Holly Hunter's there? She is there, yeah. She's, like I said, just a glorified... Uh, extra, which is crazy because she won like a ton of like. She's uh, a fucking legit actress. Oscars for the piano, which I'd never watched, but it's some sort of serious movie. Uh, so now they're going down the river, and then we cut to night, and everyone is sitting around the campfire while Todd tells the story of Cropsey and how Camp Blankfoot, which was apparently nearby, burnt to the ground. According to Todd, Cropsey could peel the paint off the walls just by breathing on them. Not cool, Todd. I mean, dude's got halitosis because he's a fucking groundskeeper at a seasonal job anyway. Yeah, kind of shitty to talk about that. Like, you Dude's know. not even there to defend himself. Or is he? So as he's doing this, Eddie is kind of behind everybody, stalking around the group. Uh, and he jumps out in a, cro- a cropsy costume and scares everybody. Dude, I saw this. It's in uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah. Am Pretty- I the only person that wants like a cropsy prequel like clearly like before he's burned he's just like pushing kids around yeah just being a a fucking drunk jack off with a pair of garden shears stealing mantis yes stealing mantis all goddamn summer drunk piece of shit so later after this uh karen and eddie are walking through the woods while eddie tries to convince karen to um let uh you know let's slip into something a little more uncomfortable uh, she says no, but also then agrees to go skinny dipping with Eddie instead. Dude, mixed signals like, whoa. As Karen walks into the lake, full frontal, by the way, Cropsy is watching uh, these two sinners uh, from behind in the woods. Eddie tries to make a move on Karen, but she's not having it. Eddie tells her to get lost, and, uh, you know, Karen is a dick tease, and Eddie tells her, you know, get the fuck out. I, I, you are going so fast. I, have, I just, I got to drop this in real quick. So Karen and er- or Karen and Eddie do a little strip and dip whilst Cropsy watches, and uh, Eddie's getting a little, little rapey and needs to figure out consent. She doesn't want to see her Weinsteiner. <laughs> get it? Because it's like a wiener. I mean, but like, here's the thing: it's like, no, uh, I don't want to get busy with you, but I will. I absolutely do, but I don't get in like the body of water with you naked. It's very confusing. I want to jump back real quick because there's an exchange uh, when. Right after the whole fucking cropsy freak out at the camp thing. Everybody's like, oh, you, Eddie, you bastard, you piece of shit. Did you hear fucking George Costanza? Costanza, he goes, you motherfucker. <laughs> it's my favorite, dude. It's so good. Uh, so Cut to 10 minutes later. Karen gets out of the water uh, and she tries to get dressed only to discover that uh, someone spread her clothes all over the woods. It was Scott from Friday the 13th Part 2. He grabbed her shit. And just ran, nope, nope, wrong movie. Uh, As she slowly finds her pieces of her outfit, uh, Cropsy steps out from behind a tree and slices her throat with garden shears. It's pretty gruesome. I have death number two, bloody boobs and bushes. And all while Eddie is swimming his blue balls off. Yeah, angrily doing laps. He's like, get the fuck out of here! So, morning comes, uh, Todd and Michelle rudely wake up Eddie. God damn, yeah, they do. You don't uh, kick a motherfucker when he's sleeping. Right? Because uh, they're looking for Karen, and they cannot find her, and they blame Eddie. Uh, I guess it's a crime to be a jerk, but not a cock tease. Point Karen. 
what what does he say? It's like, what is this, some kind of investigation? Or but anyway, yeah, just hating on the guy. So while this is happening, uh, some of the youngsters on the trip discover that their canoes have been cut loose in the middle of the night, and they have now floated way downriver. Not a funny prank. No, like they can't get them back; they're gone. Uh, Michelle thinks that either Karen did it because she's an idiot, <laughs> or that the kids are pulling a prank, and then Glazer blames Alfred. Because yeah. He's fucking weird. He's doing weird shit. Of course he fucking woke up in the middle of the night and cut loose the boats. He likes to watch boats. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Fuck them boats. He's a fucking boat enthusiast. He loves watching them go down river. <laughs> so while the head counselors ponder what the hell happened to Karen and the canoes, two mysteries they've got to solve now. They're probably more worried about the canoes. The campers are out finding materials in the woods to MacGyver a raft. Oh, build a uh, Frankensteiner raft. Yeah. Uh, they know how to do this, so uh, seriously, this is a good fucking camp. There's no way I fucking know how to do this. It's incredible. Like, the girls are, like, grabbing milk jugs, and the guys are, like, what the sizing fuck? up logs. No, so, like, old girl grabs that fucking milk jug, and then Fisher Stevens is like, fuck this! And it's like, dude, that's a buoyant thing. You want that in raft making one of, well, what do I know? All you know is showing your nutsacks, fucking beating your schlong, and shooting people with a CO2 pellet gun. <laughs> So while everyone is making a raft in the movie like it's fucking Castaway, Glazer is putting the moves on Sally. And just like old times, our buddy Alfred is watching from behind the tree. You know what? I am shocked. Fuckboy Glazer knows what consent is, and Alfred does not learn very good. Like, this is a character I'm supposed to, like, care about. But got- I don't, because he's so terrible. He's just like, I don't know, I just want to watch him fuck. I'm s- Why did they make fun of me? It's like... Because you're easily to make fun of because you're creepy, dude. Well, this is classic Alfred. Yes. You know. Um, so um, the raft is finished, and the group consisting of Eddie, Woodstock, Fish, Diane, and Barbara head downstream like Huckleberry Finn, but with less racial slurs. I call it the SS Trash Boat. <laughs> Everyone else stays ashore to admire the sweet ride and handsome, awesome homemade oars. Oh my god! Like one thing's <laughs> like like twisted like a double one. helix. <laughs> Verbatim, what I was just gonna say. It's Dino DNA. I mean, it gets the job done. <laughs> um, so we fast forward, and the kids are tired and bitching at each other uh, about you know fucking moving down the the river on this fucking crappy ass raft. And before long, they spot one of their canoes just drifting. Uh, they get really excited and they approach it with glee. And What's in there? Yeah, as soon as they get up on it, Cropsy jumps out from inside. Murders the shit out of everybody. He goes to town quickly on the Lewis and Clark clue. So this is the pivotal scene why this is a hello nasty. I mean, a, 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 a video nasty. Let me gold bloom that. Why it's a, a, a vi- vi- video nasty. Because, what, he mercs five people at once. Yeah, so this happens very fast and is one of the best kill scenes in any Horror no movie. contest. A sp- 80 slashers. This is fucking like the cherry on the Sunday. So here's how it breaks down. Shoot. Fish gets his chest sliced. Death number three. Barbara gets Fish stabbed gets in the stomach. <laughs> Death number four. I have Marion. Which one was? It's Barbara. There's no Marion. I'm fucking tripping, dude. Woodstock gets his fingers chopped off. Woodstock gets canceled. <laughs> and then uh, he gets his throat slit. Uh, Eddie gets a tracheotomy. Yeah, right in the throat. And then Diane gets her head just sliced, like, through the skull. Diane gets Princess died. (laughs) D-E. This happens real fast. It's brutal. I fucking love it. Like, I've got it here in all caps, bold, red. I fucking love it. I'll vouch for it. (laughs) Like, this is just one of the best scenes in any horror movie. Uh, You've got young kids. You've got camp counselors. It's just fucking awesome. And it's real quick, too. It's not long and drawn out. I wanted to talk about that. Like, what... What... I didn't go to, you know, uh, summer camp in the 80s, but just, like, watching a couple of these movies, there's no, like, real set age or, like, specific classes or anything. It's just like, oh, you're 12. Well, here's a 17-year-old, and... Okay. Um, Are they counselors? No, they're just regular campers. So... I have much to learn. 
I'm more interested in where he got these fucking garden shears. Like, at least what brand they are, because these motherfuckers are sharp and stay sharp. They're made out of adamantium or something, because they're fucking slicing bone, and they're just getting all the work done. Jeff, he's a groundskeeper. He knows what he's doing. Since he, Jeff, like him some gardening. (laughs) All the while, Todd and Michelle are admiring how they sent five people off alone, and that they probably arrived safely back at camp without issue. Uh, real talk, like, if you're a fucking head counselor and there's two of you, wouldn't you put your happy ass on the homemade raft and go with them? Yeah. I'll be the first one out. I don't give a shit who's in charge. This is the Titanic, motherfucker. Get out (laughs) the way. Uh, So they start to get romantic uh, and head off to screw around. They have some smooches. Uh, Meanwhile, at the same time, because this is uh, some horny teenagers here, Glazer and Sally are also getting busy in the woods. Oh, pretty girl, I'm going to give it to you so good. (laughs) They start they start to go at it, uh, and Sally is unsatisfied uh, as Glazer is a one-pump chump. Quick nut Glazer and cold bitch Sally. She's so cold. Satisfaction aside, uh, the two decide to chill in the woods and hang out by themselves. Glazer says that he's going to sneak back to camp to get some firewood. And steal some matches. To warm her up. I'm going to warm you up, so Make stay the right here. Fire. It's the... <laughs> Get a little political there, sorry. Uh, and uh, so as he's doing all this, Crosby is watching the whole thing from the trees because that's his favorite spot. And as Glazer leaves, Cropsey comes out of the nowhere and uh, attacks Sally. Holy shit, the tear on her face? I'm buying it. That was that was pretty scary. Solid face acting. Yes. Like a porno. <laughs> uh, we don't see what happens to Sally, uh, but as Glazer is making his way back, uh, to the camp for matches. He wakes up Alfred by accident, who then follows Glazer back to where Sally was. God damn it, Alfred, you fucking creep. Uh, Glazer finds Sally dead under a blanket, which also was somehow inconspicuously hiding Cropsy. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have this in my notes. Where the fuck did he come from? Right? It, so it's like you walk up to your 80-pound, 16-year-old girlfriend, and you don't notice the giant man also hiding underneath her. It's like, oh, no, that's your pet Rottweiler. I, I totally understand. Glazer goes down to give her a smooch, but Cropsy comes out of nowhere and stabs... Oh, I'll let you do your shtick. He impales him, not stabs. It is fucking nasty. He impales him in the fucking throat, picks him up off the ground this way, and carries him and pins him to a fucking tree. Uh, Death 7, Sally's Sleeping Bag Massacre, Death 8, getting cherry glazed. And typical Alfred, he watches, but does nothing to help Glazer. And his stupid fucking mouth is agape the whole time. Well, that's because Glazer's a dick and everybody knew it. Well, oh, I have, you know what, I'll let you lead the charge. Uh, Alfred then runs back to camp and tells Todd what he saw. Todd takes the news very casually. Starts slapping his fucking nipples. They're going like... Uh, what do you call that shit in wrestling where you slap the chops? The chops. They're just chopping titties. Um, he tells Alfred that he will follow him back to the murder site to see for himself, because that's just how you casually do it. And all the while, he doesn't bother anybody else with this news. Can, can we go back, like, the whole episode, and just, like, anytime titty slap, and I just want to call it nippy choppings. <laughs> so they find uh, Glazer's corpse as Cropsy jumps out and gives Todd the tiniest of scratches on his noggin. Yeah, just a little snip. With the shears. Uh, but Todd is a pussy and is knocked out from this. <laughs> Fucking Todd, you pussy. Alfred, again, doing nothing. He runs and hides with Cropsy on his ass. Uh, Todd later comes too. Everyone else is chilling back at the shore as they spot the raft that they built and had sent their friends away on, floating back down to them. The SS trash boat returns. Uh, Michelle tells everyone to stay on shore as she swims out to investigate the SS blood and guts. Hey, real talk. Was she in Baywatch? No. I'm tripping. Go ahead. And uh, she finds all those dead folks, uh, still dead and dismembered, by the way, on this raft. Dude, when fucking Woodstock's body, well, first his arm, like, fucking Superman swipes her with blood across her tits. When his fucking corpse pops up and you see that gore they did, or like, where is it? It's like starts on his head, goes down his eye, and then like his throat is slit. Yeah. That's fucking gross. It is solid makeup. Tom Savani knocking it out of the motherfucking park, dude. And I thought that for the longest time that that was a, just like a dummy. A dumois. I did not know that that was actually him with the makeup mm-hmm. on. So kudos to to Mr. Savani here. Uh, but yeah, like her, his arm falls off the raft and, and, and grabs Michelle like in Jurassic Park. 
when Samuel Jackson's arm falls out of there. Oh, full circle. I was going to say it's like in the Night of the Living Dead remake Tom Savani did when um Barbara is gets to the farmhouse and then you see that arm like start eking through the railing. Then it falls and kind of flops in her face because that's double armless Tom Savani. Anyway. Um, so uh, everybody's traumatized. Fuck, I'm traumatized. That's some spooky shit. And unhappy that they are likely going to die virgins. No, I would just start going to plow town. <laughs> Michelle takes the rest of the remaining slaughter back to camp on the murder raft now. So you, it's like a mattress. You just flip it over and it's good. Completely ruining these kids' chances at a normal adult life as they will never be well-adjusted again. Yeah. This, this is a raft that all their friends were just killed on. It's soaked in blood. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, no, we're going to take this fucking square back to camp. Oh, my God. What if they took, like, Woodstock's corpse and put it under the raft for bonus buoyancy? That's like Swiss Army Man or whatever. Uh, Todd runs off to look for Alfred uh, during this time. Uh, Elsewhere, Cropsy is stalking Alfred in the woods like the fucking predator. Like, you get these POV shots. (laughs) And it's like, it kind of has like a noise, like, when when you get the POV shot. Similar to the predator, but not quite the... (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's just one of those things, and then Alfred runs by, and then it's Cropsy again, and he's somehow ahead of Alfred. It, it's the weirdest thing. Um, so Michelle's group does make it back to camp on the murder raft, and everyone alive, and in record time, mind you. They get, they're fucked up. They look like shit. And then that one counselor's there's like, well, oh, it's just a prank. It's like, th- motherfucker, all their buddies got murdered. I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. So uh, she does this because she is better than Eddie. And uh, she now feels guilty for thinking that way since Eddie's dead and all. She grabs the camp supervisor, tells him what's happened. And that's when he's like, is this a prank? Is this a fucking prank? He uh, and they head back out uh, to look for Todd and Alfred, who are the only two out there in a motorboat, which Michelle actually calls an outboard uh, because she's a pretentious. See you next Tuesday. And uh, also, they've called you the police. Dropping nautical nonsense on me, dude. <laughs> uh, they call in the police, who are now searching for them in a helicopter. Get, get to the chopper. Uh, Alfred is hiding from Cropsy in the foundation of an old mining building. Oh, my fuck. Okay, so did you catch this? This is supposed to be Camp Blackfoot because it burnt down. Uh, I hate, like, when we're done with this episode, I want to cue this up so we can watch this. It is Alfred and his stupid fucking face running around this shit for five minutes. Maybe not five minutes, but it's just him whipping around corners with this stupid face and his mouth is open. Just <sighs> This goes on for five minutes. It's weird. It looks like, like old foundation of a building that never got finished all right remember the collinsville high school yeah right across the street did Mm -hmm. you ever like go to the flats Mm -hmm. all right this is uh used to be an old old bomb factory not to drop some truth on you guys but uh that's what it reminded me of yeah it's a really weird spot like it you don't know that it's like an old mining building with a shaft until like so they're telling me they built a little while later this fucking camp on top of a mine because that's very contrived. That's very busy. And, and these concrete walls are, like, set up like a fucking maze. Name me a summer camp that has, like, concrete structuring below the buildings. I'll name you five. Oh, shit. Well, well, I retract my prior statement. I'm just um, kidding. I didn't go to summer camp. <laughs> um, So Alfred is hiding in the foundation of this old mining building. Uh, as Cropsy nabs him, he takes him into a room. Rips him up like a dick. Pins him to the wall, like, with his garden shears, like, over his arm, which is kind of cool. And Good. then he ties it's him up. It's what you fucking get, Alfred. Yeah, Cropsy keeps this murder room out here for How are just we such an occasion. rooting for Alfred? Everybody else is dead, and this is the piece of shit we're stuck with? So, Todd, uh, now armed with an axe that you never see him grab. Do you like how nonchalantly he's just fucking wandering, or wandering, waggling that shit? Like, there's a scene where he's sliding down a wall of, uh dirt and then i don't know he's using it like a cane and just flailing it it's he's just real casual about it haphazardly uh he finds the room uh and moves in to rescue his buddy alfred uh but here's the thing uh it's at this moment you can tell that todd realizes that he doesn't know alfred that well uh but he'll be damned if any more kids are gonna die on his watch uh because he knows that if 10 kids die you don't get college credit so, with the threat of tetan- tetanus and murder on the horizon, Todd pushes on. 
I have Todd finds Crispy Cropsy's tetanus hut, aka the mine level from Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, you go. Uh, Cropsy doesn't appreciate this approach, and he tries to murder Todd with a minecart. That's right. Yes, he does. Uh, which is cool. I don't, did you catch it? So like he. Throws the minecart at Todd down Continuity the Continuity be damned. Todd jumps out of the way, falls back into a room, and then you see another shot, and the minecart's like somehow back up at the top. Um, what the fuck is up with this free shot of Karen? I was just getting to it. So narrowly avoiding the danger, Todd jumps out of the way and finds Karen's dead body, like, fully exonerating Eddie, by the way, uh, in the process. And this is a really bad special effect. Uh, no, motherfucker hit pause. It's like, okay. So, like, you can see, like... It's freeze-frame. Karen's, like, glowing. (laughs) She's, like, glowing some reason, because, like, it looked like she was apparently supposed to be found in the woods, because the way they cut her out, you can see clearly, like, a tree and some foliage behind her. But they were like, ah, let's put her in the mineshaft anyway. It's like they MS painted it. Oh. So you finally get the big reveal that T-O-double-D... Oh, not there yet. Oh, fuck my face. So, failure aside... Cropsy comes at Todd with a goddamn flamethrower uh, that uh, he just has. Uh, and here is where you get the nice flashback letting us know that uh, T.O.D. here was one of the kids from five years ago that pulled a prank on Cropsy. Thanks, Todd. All these people had to die because you're bullshit, Todd. Yeah, you kind of deserve this, Todd. So Cropsy, for some reason... Trying to scare Todd, he abandons his flamethrower approach, and he moves back into the shadows to creep a little more. Yeah, what the fuck? I I, I look up, I'm like, did I miss something? Uh, it's probably because he recognized Todd, and he's like, burning's too good for you. Right. Um. So this is, happens just as Todd finds Alfred. Cropsy jumps back out with his trusty flamethrower. Booga, booga, booga. And him and Todd battle. Axes versus flamethrowers. I have that verbatim. As <laughs> uh, Todd is about to give a lifetime of nerve damage and hospital bills, Alfred manages to unpin himself from the wall and stab Cropsy in the back. And finally fucking do something for once in this movie. With his beloved garden shears, mind you. Irony. So, you're talking eight kids, and these things are still unbelievably fucking sharp. Maybe he sharpens them. Maybe lifetime warranty, which isn't that much longer. They're made of aluminum. Yes. So, Cropsy goes down as the rescue squad is making their way to the heroes. Uh... Todd, the um, arsonist here, and uh, Alfred, the pervert, uh, are like, okay, we are finally can take a breath here. But Cropsy doesn't appreciate that these two are getting one over on him, so he jumps back up and grabs Alfred. Todd yells at Alfred to get out of the way. He was just gripping you up like a dick, and then, like, did you fucking squirm out of there like a Vaseline-covered worm? As he pins Cropsy to the wall with the sweet axe he brought with him, chop right down the fucking middle of the face death number nine i gotta ask you something uh there is no way that you're coming back from that this this is there's no sequel here he plants that motherfucker straight in his dome uh blood comes out of his mouth and then he catches on fire yeah this is no friday part three where it's just kind of wedged in like it clearly goes all in the way the fuck all in. the fucking way it like, pins him to this to like, the handler pillar. all right now my question is and i might be tripping so, like, do they do a cutaway, and then we come back and, like, crop, uh, corpses, crop, take two, Cropsy's corpse is gone, or it just, it's there, and it's fucking melting? No, so, Alfred, not wanting to be outdone, uh, burns Cropsy with okay. the leftover flamethrower, uh, and seeing Cropsy burn for the second time, Todd will surely be wetting the bed for the rest of his life. No doubt. As our heroes leave, we fade to a new group of campers sitting around the campfire and listening to the tale of Cropsy and how he haunts campgrounds, looking for new victims. Roll credits. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't much care for this second um, uh, round two. Like they nailed the campfire story in the first part, and this guy, he didn't bring the love. So, hey, Mike, you want to see a dead body? Yeah. So we've got 10 kills. Nine of them are on screen. 10? Um, oh, shit. I lost one. Uh, so we get the hooker, uh, scissors to the gut. Yep. Karen gets her throat slit. Fish gets sliced in the chest. Barbara stabbed in the stomach. 
Woodstock gets his fingers cut off, his arm cut off, and his throat slit. Eddie's stabbed in the throat. Diane gets her head sliced. Sally is killed off screen. And Glazer gets impaled in the throat. And then we get one kill from Alfred and Todd as Cropsey's stabbed in the back, axed in the face, and then set on fire again. <laughs> That's fucking ruthless. So, uh, Nachos, what is your favorite kill? Ah, uh, shit. Now, see... I want to count the Raft Massacre as one kill, but that's bullshit. Yeah. Can't and do that. Can't do that. If I had to pick one, I'd say the main man, uh, Crispy Cropsy. <laughs> I had the same thing. Cropsy's death scene. I mean, it's gruesome. He's not having a good time. Plus, like, that chop is good. You see the fucking axe go straight into the face. There's a ton of blood that shoots Just out. buried all the way the fuck up in the shit. Yeah, and then they fucking, like, Nev Campbell is ass where it's like, oh, they always come back for one last scare. So <laughs> nope, they just, they torch just, that motherfucker. They just burn his ass. I fucking love it. Uh, Cincy, uh, what is your favorite kill? That's it, the Cropsy death. Mm-hmm. I was testing you. <laughs> you passed. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, moving on to a little trivia here. Uh, got anything for us there, Nachos? Um, I do not have trivia. I have some afterthoughts, but we'll get to that. So, trivia that I found was, um, for those of you that don't know, this is based on the Cropsey legend, uh, which is a New York area, New Jersey area. It's like an urban legend. Um, this was the first film by Miramax. Uh, the original film treatment was written before the original Friday the 13th, supposedly. Uh, Rick Wakeman of Yes, Yes, That Yes, uh, recorded the score for the film. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, director Tony Malum. No. Yes. There we go. Uh, director Tony Malum played Cropsey in many of the scenes where he kills his victims on screen. Oh, because they couldn't get the shears right. Yeah, he gets getting all pissed off. He's like, you're not holding the shears right. You're not right. doing it right. Uh, Savini did a couple himself. Lou David, who plays Cropsey, did not perform any kills on screen. Woof. The film was heavily cut to receive an R rating and remained so for almost 30 years until the 2007 DVD release. So if you get it on the VHS or you've seen the VHS and you're a kid and you haven't seen it since then. Try again. <laughs> yeah, notice that the newer versions are going to have much more gore and stuff in there. And this video was accidentally released uncut in the UK, which is why it was holy shit easily prosecuted for the Hello Nasty list. That was a burp. So, Nachos McWerewolf, uh, your final thoughts? All right. So, let's think about it for a second. This was a fun movie. Oh, I mean, I, I have something I just I want to address real quick. So, Cropsey comes to this camp that wasn't even the camp where the shit went down at. Why the fuck is he after these kids? I mean, like, I get it. He's after Todd, but, like, Todd and a group of his friends bitched up your face. You know, why at any point in this movie wasn't about Cropsey getting revenge on the other fucking kids, too? Because he didn't even... Eh, so that's that's one of them. He's just a madman. He's mad. He's pissed off at the world. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I'll work with that. Uh, so how would you make this film better? How would I make this film better? Well, so in a parallel universe, I want to see Cropsey get a Saul Goodman type lawyer and sue the fucking shit out of <laughs> Camp Blackfoot. It's and, all good, man. Right? Uh, uh, out of all the parents and the camp. And uh, you know what? I want him to take that money and I want him to find a top grade... Uh, plastic surgeon because i they even said like wait when they're wheeling them out it's like oh your skin grafts didn't take it's like no they just fucking hot glued an open face turkey sandwich to you that's the best you get so like you know big money from suing the fuck out of a summer camp and all these you know hoity-toity families or whatever so he gets the face he has the money he's getting rehabilitated in some physical therapy kind of shit and then like he goes to fall but he's get you know he gets caught by the beautiful, you know, uh, uh, physical therapist. They fall in love. He takes the money. He opens a summer camp for special need burn kids. And Cropsey finally gets his revenge by better living. <laughs> that was an explosion. 
I would love to see that movie. Or a prequel. Either or, man. <laughs> How do we do a remake? What, 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 what do we do? I'm not talking to Miramax, so... Is Miramax even a thing anymore? <sighs> you tell me, brother. I mean, who do we write to in prison? <laughs> <laughs> um. So... Uh, my final thoughts on this uh, is that it is a fantastic movie. As I started the show, I was saying it's an underrated gem, and it really is. Uh, my biggest beef with the whole thing, though, is this is one of those rare 80s movies where you don't get the final girl, where our hero isn't a female. It's these two guys. And of all the guys, I can't believe these are our heroes. This is a guy who committed aggravated assault, and the other guy is a sexual pervert. I'm supposed to be happy. Why that are you these saying guys that all live? derogative? <laughs> I well, you know, it makes sense now that the sexual pervert lives. Fucking Weinstein, right? No shit. <laughs> but uh, that's like my biggest thing. Uh, you know, you've got plenty of females to choose from. It doesn't always have to be a final girl. That is the standard, and it is something that I do enjoy. It's a final pervert in this scenario. Yeah. And, uh, you know, somebody who's uh, committed arson. Because that's the other thing. Todd's telling the story about Camp Blackfoot. And he's like, yes, this is the Legend of Cops. He is fucking bragging about his accomplishments. Yeah, and he's like, and the camp burnt down. It used to be around here. It's like, yes, it burnt down because you set a fucking Jeez, cabin buddy, on how fire. How do you think that happened? Yeah. Wait, well, how the fuck does that make sense? Because you're lighting a cabin by a lake on fire. Is there some underground gas tunnels? Or, like... Hey, you don't know how close that cabin was. It probably got the trees on fire. You know, it's the fucking woods, You know what man. it was? It, it caught all of fucking uh, Cropsey's crunk chalices and fucking, you know, crunk juice containers and blew the fuck up. And then... I mean, it's the woods, brother. There's, that's where trees live. Trees burn. Right? Fair enough. Yeah. It's the fucking woods, my man. But... Uh, so if I were to make it better, I would just say, hey, uh, I would love to see a final girl. But here's the thing. I'm in no way, shape, or form saying remake new. I hate that shit. Leave it as it is. I don't want a third version of fucking Black Christmas like like we're getting. Like, Yeah, what the fuck is that? Dude, I have no idea. You can't even get Bob Clark's blessing on that. I wasn't even cool with the second one, but it, it was okay. It's a piece of shit, but it's fun. It was gory as hell, and I liked that. But nothing off topic. I'm fine with that. Uh, I just, I don't want to remake, but that would be how I would change it. But as far as the movie goes, it, it is fantastic. What um, if you have Kevin Spacey as Cropsy? I had never heard of it before. I was going to say, when when did uh, when was the first time you saw this? You let me borrow your DVD, which I believe you had like three copies. They were all stolen because oh it's just that. Oh my fucking God, right? Fucking great of a it's movie. It's a hot commodity. <laughs> Every time he's like, uh, do you have my DVD? I'm like, no, dude. Like, I gave it back to you. He's like, well, fucking, I'm missing another one. This is my fourth copy. <laughs> I have the attention span of a goldfish. Uh, I'd never seen it since he gave it to me. It was like 2010, maybe. It was the first time I saw it, and I was super pissed that I'd never seen it before because it is that good. I mean, it is a very, very enjoyable film, and I highly recommend it to anybody who watched oh, it. Oh, yeah. My buddy's brother hit me to this about uh, uh, maybe 05, something like that. And uh, we have a similar taste, you know. That I don't take a lot of recommendations from a lot of people, but I, uh, I value this dude's. So, anyway... Um, so that about uh, wraps it up. You got anything else you want to add before we close out the show? Um, uh, I think that's all I got, right? Well, I just want to say thank you, everybody. Uh, again, this is our first episode, uh, so uh, do us a favor. Uh, listen to it. Download it. Tell your friends. I mean, it is already your second favorite podcast. Like your butt cheeks. Spread this shit. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Instagram at Here Comes the Spooky. Uh, and Twitter and Facebook at Here Comes Spooky. Um, so check us out. You can email us at Here Comes the Spooky at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, and uh, just please listen and look forward to some more episodes. And one final thing is I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Rob Wyatt and oh, the Rob. Collinsville All Star crew. Fuck yes. These, uh, this fine gentleman here. These motherfuckers in champion mode. Right? The group is a local. Uh, like death metal rap group, not necessarily death metal, but it's just hard as fuck. That I don't think you can. They sound like the Council All Stars. Yeah, that's the only way to describe it. it it's fucking cool. They're like the White Wu Tang Clan. <coughs> um, we contacted Rob because they have a song called "Here Comes the Spooky" that Nachos and I are big fans of. That's it's so stupid, and I love it because it's so genius. And uh, we were like, "Hey, man, we want to have a podcast," and we were fighting each other about what to name it like we've been trying to figure out 
we could talk about this. Uh, we've been trying to figure out a name for a podcast for like five fucking years. We had one, and it was stellar. It was a uh, what? Gar? I'm sorry. What was it? Garbage day from a little movie, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night two, and like we were cooking these all these ideas, but we just didn't, you know, get to get the pen to paper. And then like when we started getting serious about this shit, uh, fucking Jeff over here, it's like son of a bitch took it. I was like, took what? It's like our name. I'm like, God damn it. We had all these trash related segments and like, is this movie good or is it a dumpster fire? Shit. You know, we didn't do a rating system. Oh, four stars. I give, um, I give the burning nine unlubricated rubbers out of 10. I give it three shears and five perverts out of 40. (laughs) Yep. Adds up. <laughs> Wait, uh, we sucked the Council of All Stars dick, metaphorically. Uh, we tackled the origin and. Well, so we forgot to say that we contacted Rob. Yes, yes. Uh, and said, hey, man, we want to call our podcast Here Comes a Spooky. Because it just sounds song. so good. And it is. It's fucking fun. And, and I love the song. It captures so the essence of what we're trying to do. Rob said, good luck. And then he said, hey, by the way, do you want to use the music for this? Which is what you hear in the intro. That is the instrumental track for Here Comes the Spooky. So do yourself a favor and check out the console All-Stars. They are a retired act, but it's still out there to listen to. And it is fun as hell. I'll straight say, uh, I'll straight up say their their version of Here Comes the Spooky is a lot, lot better than ours. <laughs> They're like the Urge. They have like a, you know final show every three years where they're never going to do another one and then the guys all get bored they're like jason Voorhees; they just keep coming back from the dead (laughs) uh and that's it thanks everybody for listening and have yourself a shitty day (laughs) keep it spooky boo there goes the spooky oh also check out the next episode where we go to the hills of dakota and uh get killed by who mike fucking bead face the bedazzled bitch check it out